Hey, welcome in to the Irish NFL show against the odds podcast. Yes, that's right. There's something different this week. Um, we're going to try and take a look at batting each week uh, before the games on a Sunday. Joined by uh, self-proclaimed betting expert, Brian O'Leary. Brian, um, can you talk to us about your batting skills? I'm not too sure I have the skills, Michael, but I do have a vast interest in betting on the NFL, as most fans do, in fairness. I know Colin and Mark aren't um, well into the, the betting angles when it comes to discussing the games, but me and you do have a little bit of a flutter every now and then and a love for picking out particular games in which we feel we can win money on. You say there's something different this week. There absolutely is. The NFL is back, thank God. Week one is coming ticking fast, and uh, I think we're going to discuss three really interesting games, Michael. Actually, interesting games, and then maybe something else after for the crack. Uh, we, we're getting our odds from points bet, folks, in the States, so you're obviously going to get different odds from your own bookies, so best luck if you are uh, putting something on this weekend, and obviously if you are, please do so responsibly, gamble aware, etc. Uh, please do take care of yourself this weekend. I know it's been seven months, but enjoy it. Uh, right, let's uh, let's look at this first game. I actually um, forget, Brian, that this game is on on Sunday, because I don't think it's on, well, I think it's on TV at nine o'clock, isn't it, for us? Uh, the Packers yeah. at the Vikings? Yeah, it's, well, it's America's game of the week. It's on Fox Sports, but it's also the game that which Sky have selected as their 9.25 game. All the 9 o'clock slots are all kicking off at the same time. This is the game that Sky has gone with. You, you can understand to a certain extent. I know there's, there's Raiders, Chargers fans will probably oppose this and, char- and challenge us, but it is, in itself, it is a great game. It's a great divisional clash. Um, the Packers going into the Vikings where they lost last year. Yep, and this time Aaron Rodgers has got no Devante Adams. In terms of the money line, Packers are five to six on, and the Vikings are twenty-one to twenty. Um, so Packers slightly favoured the over. And I, I know we'll talk about the handicap and all in a minute, but let's even look at the money line first. Do you think, Brian, that there's much value there in terms of the Packers and the Vikings? I feel that if the Vikings, I don't even pick away on the show, on the show this week yet, but if the Vikings get off to a good or a strong start in that game and it takes time for Rodgers to um, sort of balance his offense well enough with his new weapons, his young weapons, that money line isn't too bad for the Vikings. Yeah, I agree, Michael. I think what we have here is two teams in which a lot of the bookies are undecided on in terms of what we're going to see early on in the season. There's been so much talk over the wide receiver situation with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, publicly called out a few weeks ago some of them weren't playing up to his levels in training camp and there's a bit of an unknown you know their defense was very strong last year they've got two new rookies coming in from the fourth round and then you look at the Vikings and once they have a new head coach and the same quarterbacks there and the same attacking minded players are there and, and a lot of people felt that Kevin O'Connell was brought in to get the best out of the likes of Jefferson, Thielen um, Cook the running back and Kirk Cousins obviously is the enigma because we just don't know what we're going to get from you can but from a betting perspective it's a very tight game I can understand why the bookies are on the side I, I, I can argue both sides of the coin I can see why the Packers would come out and hit their ground running a couple of years ago I believe the Packers went in there Vikings similar odds Vikings were, were favourites and by a point or two and the Packers went to put a number on them and people will expect that on Sunday but again the Vikings will be well prepared under a new coach from a betting perspective I like the over. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn at the moment where I'm going to go in this game. And I don't, as you said, you don't want to give it away for our main show on, on Friday evening. But um, it's difficult to call. Bear in mind it's week one, but the over for me looks an attractive proposition. I think it's 47. I can see why both sides can put points up on each other. That seems to be the general team when they play each other, whether it's in Lambo or whether it's in Minnesota. So I would be siding on the over in this game. 
Yeah, the spread is 1.5 in favor of the Packers at just under even money. The over is 47 uh, through points bet here. And I, I have to agree. I think I think the over is going to be hit. I'm really not sure on who would you go with on the money line. I feel that if there was going to be a game for the Packers to slip up in terms of the division, it is this first game because of everything that you've said and what I stated before. It's one of those ones where you may get more value, I think, out of the out of the over because I think it's more safe than going for a team because you could see like maybe a, a 28 to 24 or a 30 to 24 victory for either team, meaning that that hits the over. So I think it's an interesting one. And um, in terms of things that just pop out to me very quickly, Brian, in terms of touchdowns, Dalvin Cook is even money for an anytime touchdown through yeah, this bookmaker. It's attractive, isn't it? Like, Aaron Thomas, you know, 10, he's in the end zone. <laughs> they hit the red zone. You know, and sometimes these ones take, for, you know, they go on forever to get to finally get them over the line. But you could see a scenario where they have an early drive and they hit the red zone. And, you know, once they're in the red zone, he tends to get a lot of the, lot of the ball in terms of the handoff. So you can, you can absolutely see him being in the end zone. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's in the end zone twice. So jump back to the, the line. Just if you're a Packers man and you're really, you know, clued into back in the Packers every week, you know, most of the season, as the season tends to progress, the Packers end up being handicaps of, Seven, eight, nine. We've seen some games where they've been minus nine and a half, ten. So if you're really keen on the backers and you think this is definitely going to be a win for them, despite the challenges of going into Minnesota, you're backing them at one and a half. Essentially, you're backing them on the money line, you know, because one and a half, a field goal wins the game, a safety wins the game. So there will be a lot of people out there that feel, you know, it's the right time to back the backers because the line is so low. But the bookies have called it right. It's such a tight game to call. So for me, it's a, I agree, like we, I'd rather sit back, relax, enjoy this game and see touchdowns go in and be comfortable that we will see the over be here. Oh, I love how we're playing it safe in the first game. The one thing I'll say in regards to this, just before we move on, Romeo Dobbs' first game for the Packers this week, 13-5 to for an anytime touchdown, is worth a little slip. I, I don't like the first score. I don't like it in soccer. I don't like it in, in the NFL. Um, right. Second game, Sunday Night Football. Are you staying up late for this one on Sunday night, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a big one. I'm, I'm clued in for the whole, uh, for the whole evening. Uh, absolutely. It's a great one to finish off, isn't it? Like We're going to have a, a great set of six o'clock games, nine games at six o'clock. You've got the four at nine o'clock, and you know, it always leads into a great Sunday Night Football on the opening weekend. And storyline itself, it's a repeat of week one last year, which was the opening game last year. It's the Bucks at the Cowboys this year instead of being in Tampa Bay. Obviously, the Bucks were defending champions. Uh, the money line in terms of the Bucks with points bet five to seven on, and the Cowboys are six to five. So the Bucks are slightly favoured. And um, it has been an interesting offseason for both teams, Brian. Obviously, the Cowboys have made some interesting moves, but Tom Brady's had a few holidays and stuff, and he actually retired at one point for forty days, forty nights, yada yada yada. Um. What's your thoughts on the money line? Bucks slightly favored. There's not a lot of. I wouldn't say that it's quite valuable if you were if you were confident on the on the bucks in terms of five to seven on. No, again, it's only one of those that you're putting in for accumulators, and it could be rolling in to your Sunday night football after having a few earlier winners. I like the I like the bucks on the handicap here. I think it's quite low. Is it two two and a half points? Um, there's a few reasons as to why. I mean, the Cowboys, their offensive line is. In flux at the moment. They brought in Marcus Peters this week. He's going to play left tackle immediately, but it sounds of it, he hasn't had any camp. He's also going to have to try support a new left guard who's the first round pick, Tyler Smith, who was, wasn't expected to play for a number of weeks, but obviously with the injury to the other Smith recently, who's now gone to December. 
the offensive line has to be completely uh, changed around and you, you'd wonder what's what structures are going to have in place come Sunday against a Bucks defense that in their own right on their day are very good and their front seven can get to the quarterback. So I'm concerned that Dak Prescott won't get the time. And with Brady, I know like, there's been a lot of talk and the fact that he was out for the team and he retired and then he came back and then he went off again during during the camp. But from what we saw of him in those tra- in those games in the preseason that he did play, he seemed to be still comfortable enough and he knows the offense. Um, okay, it's a new head coach, but they're not changing anything dramatically. And he's brought in some new players. They've got Julio Jones, Russell Gage has come in from the Falcons, uh, Kyle Rudolph, tight ends coming who didn't really get a fair shot at the Giants last year. They've got players again to put up points. And I just see a situation where I can't see the Cowboys. It'll be a high scoring game again, I believe, but I think the Bucks will win out in the end. Uh, over under is 51. I don't like the over in this. I, I, I actually think that it's going to be like sort of like a defensive game. I can't wait to see how rusty Tom Brady is. And I think it'll finish like with 47, 48 points. I think it'll be close, Brian, to the over. It's again just under even money for both. There's no set way in terms of which is higher than the other. But I think I, I'm just going to be conservative and prudent, say under. And you say the spread is two and a half. So it, it is close. Like, yeah, that is a high over. Like that's college football over type of scenarios. Um, they're usually around 58, 59, you know, and we're at 51. But that's just kind of the nature of what they expect. These offenses last year were high scoring, but we've seen in week one games in the past where teams we don't see the points in which people expect. Um, when I say high scoring, I'd still see it being under. I would lean under. I would expect something along the lines of a 23, 26-23 game, which would bring it up to around 49. So and with the Bucks winning a tight one. One other thing that I'm seeing before we pump on to Monday Night Football, uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. The Russian props, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is five to six on Brian to go over 45.5 yards rushing. He needs to have a big start to the season to try and prove that he has got some sort of value to this Cowboys team. Do you think that's valuable or do you think Zeke's going to be in for another sort of stop-start season? It's a bit of an unknown with Zeke. There's a lot of talk that this is the year in which they can get out of contract. Um next year if it doesn't materialize um he's 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 been inconsistent and again it's a lot down to injury It'd be interesting how fully how fully fit he is this season going in if he, if he's fit and he's has his mind switched on he's he is still one of the best running backs in the league but it's a, it's a case of how they will use him like pollard is another dynamic running back and a lot of cowboys fans feel he doesn't get the large part of the of the offense in terms of him being playing and having the handoff so be interesting to see if they go with the two a two-tiered running back situation, a bit of a dual situation, and play both as much in terms of handing over the snaps. For me, the better the game would be, probably a bit of an obvious one, but I think the price is, like I think it's five to four. It's uh, Evans for a touchdown. Um, I think he's, it's a shoe in. I wouldn't say it's a shoe in, but it's a standout. I mean, the odds in week one, what you find is you always find you get really attractive odds on players to score touchdowns because there is that unknown before. For Evans to be going in where we've seen him in the past at around four to six, four to seven to score a touchdown anytime, for him to be floating around at five to four, eleven to ten, I think that's attractive enough in terms of a price. I like what you're saying. Um I like the Cowboys minus five and a half here. Uh at eleven to five. Which I, I just said, I think with the game being in Dallas, and we'll talk about this more on our on our broadcast throughout the weekend. But I, I do think there could be value there if you are a Cowboys fan, especially with being in Dallas. Um, let's look at the last game of the weekend. I, I'm sure you're saying for this because this is going to be a very close game, Brad, on Monday night. I will be staying up for this because I've, I, I, have a, I feel like I'm a vested interest in this game because 
I surprisingly and have been questioned for my madness over the past week. Don't see all the frailties in which everybody sees in Seattle. And I, I see a bit of a shock. I don't see them making the playoffs, but I think the line for them in terms of how many games they're going to win this year is five and a half. So I think they might go a little bit beyond that. And then there's the storyline in itself, the fact that Russell Wilson is going back to Seattle of all games for the NFL to pick in week one. They're sending him back to his old team. You and Colin will have a, a huge interest as, as big Broncos fans. So there's a lot of storylines as to why I want to stay at most of this game. But the game itself, I think it's a it's a good it's a good fifth it's a good start for the Broncos. I think this plays perfectly into where they want to be. This game for me would it, would be more difficult if they were going in there maybe in October, November when Seattle and B. Carl have had a time to position themselves and position themselves and what they're going to put together for the season. And it would be a more difficult game. It would be a difficult game itself because the crowd will be well off and we're well used to the twelfth man in Seattle. But this is Russell Wilson's opportunity to show Seattle. You know what they what they're going to miss and what he didn't give him the contract and I think it's a great start for them. I think the line is perfect for bet. I think to see I'll cover it six and a half. I think that's a that's a fair shout and I think they'll they'll cover that. I wouldn't say causally. I don't think it'd be a massive win, but I do think they'll win by two touchdowns, give or take. Yeah, Geno Smith is the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, as Brian said, they're Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Uh, first game, the Broncos didn't play in preseason at all. Broncos 4-11 to 11 on on the money line. Seahawks are priced at 23 to 10. I don't think that's a good I don't think that's good value if you're going to bet in the Seahawks personally in this game. I mean, the fact you got Geno Smith going out there. I know there's offensive weapons, but it could be difficult for them. 44 and a half over is intriguing, Brian. Because if Russell Wilson can get that offense flowing quickly at the start of the game and almost in his first couple of drives shut the shut the crowd up and maybe shut the defense up for Seattle, you could be looking at a decent bet for the 44 and a half over. But I guess in that sense as well, that would depend on Seattle getting the ball down the field. And I've got the wide receiver core, but they they don't really have a touch. They, they, they don't really have a quarterback that can, in my opinion, flow for more than one or two touchdowns a game. So that could impact the, the, the total, couldn't it? Yeah, it strikes me as a game where the bookies uh, don't have any um, confidence in Seattle putting up enough, enough, enough of a score. Like 44, you know, if you see a scenario where it's 27-10 of a win for Seattle, or sorry, for Denver, that's 37. It's not even hit close to the 40. You know, you could see it 30-10, you know, and it'd be a route, but it still wouldn't go over, go over to 44. So it's, I think that you, you touched on there, it's how does Seattle offense players because we know you know we know that the Broncos are going to put up points with, with Russell Wilson and the players they have around him and Judy and Court and Sutton and the two effective running backs and the tight end so like, we don't see any reason why this Seattle team shouldn't sorry this Broncos team shouldn't put up points to whether Seattle can live with them and I don't I don't see it that way the over tricky because I can see a scenario where you could be hitting 35 36 but as the game We've seen games unwind where teams realize the game is over in terms of the win and they just take them to take it easy. But the game filters out and we don't go over. So I'm going to lean under on that one. Probably taking a bit of a risk, but I'm going to, I'm going to see a comfortable win for the Broncos, but going under. I'm going to gamble and say under. I think you've convinced me there. I said on a different podcast this week about maybe it being an over and seeing the Broncos score for 30 points. But even if they did, I don't think Seattle can score more than seven or maybe nine if you get two or three field goals, which at, at the minute, and look, it could be proven wrong. We'll see what happens. Uh, in terms of, I know we're going to close this podcast out agreeing on a, a free touchdown score treble. Let me add my first one. And I think Javante Williams, um, I can't get the odds up here. I'll try and find it. But Javante Williams is one for me. 
in this game. I, I, know, I know you might not want to have your treble or parlay or accumulator or whatever right in the Monday night, but um, I think he's one, Brian, that is going to have a really, really happy season because you can't expect Wilson to throw the ball on every play. Yeah, absolutely. If you get into the, the red zone, you would expect him to be getting the ball on Gordon. But yeah, that's a fair show. I, I'm going to lean something in this game because when we did do the season preview, we were discussing the Seahawks. One of the biggest frailties they have is the cornerbacks. Uh, they brought in two cornerbacks and free agents, one from the Bears, and I can't recall the other one, but he, again, he hasn't had the, the best of time. So they are taking a bit of a punt on, on their secondary. And to me, that just gives an opportunity for the likes of Judy and something to get free and get into the end zone. I think something will find his way into the end zone for a touchdown in the game. Let's do this three-man touchdown score travel, and we'll use points bet here now, and I'll get the odds while we're here. Um, let's pick someone from the from the Bears 49ers game because the 49ers are heavily expected to win. Do you like Debo? Do you like Debo Samuel at 13 to 9 for an anytime touchdown on Sunday? Uh, 13 to 9 is is an absolute banker because not only is he out on he's on the outside as a wide receiver at some stage, he's also that dual threat where he's handed the ball in the red zone. So I would be advising anybody who's placing a anytime touchdown accumulator this weekend to have Debo Samuel in their team, in their bet. Sorry. No, no. Okay, okay. Let's see. Yes, in the bet. Oh no, I thought you said, I, I, it's, this is the difference between our accents. I thought you said I, I don't advise like what? Oh no, Hold no, Right, Debo, go on, go on, add you one now as well. Oh, it's probably an obvious one, but um, and again, I wouldn't imagine the odds are too heavy. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, um. Uh, He's going to, you know, they're playing the Texans. Um, it's a way the Colts will be looking to rebound off that. 4-9 on. 4-9 on, okay. It's not a great price, to be honest. But again, if you're rolling it into accumulate with Debo and then the next one, you still might find yourself a bit of value in the round 5 or 6-1. to one. And I'd imagine Jonathan Taylor is the kind of one that will buy half 6, quarter 7 on Sunday evening be already in the, in the winning column. Let's spice that up and finally add in Hunter Renfro. Eight to five anytime against the Chargers, in which we'll not talk about this game, but the over is 52. I like the over in this game, but uh, Hunter Renfro. Is there anything else that stands out to you this weekend, Brian, in terms of batting that people should be aware of? Because because you're the expert here. I just feel like we've seen so many times in, in the past, and I what I would say about betting on week one in the NFL is you touched on it earlier, bet carefully, don't go, don't go too heavy, because what we we find is Last year, what's now is now is very different to what was then. And we've seen so many times in week one where we're on the assumption that teams are going to blow teams out and it doesn't materialize. We saw that last year. The Cards went in and beat the Titans. The Bengals, once they went to the Super Bowl at the time, weren't expected to do a lot. They beat the Vikings at home. We've seen so many shocks. We've seen so many players that haven't lived up to the hype in week one. And we also see some rookies that just find their way very quickly in the league and have really good days. So I just... It's more about enjoying it, having a few bets and, you know, seeing if you if you have a win. But whatever you do, just don't don't go mad, as they say. Yeah, folks, obviously, thanks uh, for Brian for giving us his tips and advice this week. And if you are listening to this podcast, please do give us a review. Uh, subscribe, download the podcast. Massively appreciate it. We'll be doing this each week from now to Arizona. Uh, we use points bet there, just their US odds. Obviously, your book is going to have different odds, different prices as well so check that out uh, and also please do gamble aware be careful and make sure you only stake what you can afford uh, Brian for now cheers see you next week bye